0: And we are live, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to The Steady
1: Compass. I am your host, Quez. And man, do I have an awesome guest for you today. His name is VGF. You know him from his work as an operator at Pixivol, as well as his experience as a competitive gamer. We're sitting with an industry titan known for being a fountain of knowledge and an incredibly kind person. VGF, welcome to the show.
2: You are extremely generous, sir. Thank you for having me. I like to think that it's just me spitting facts anywhere I can. You know, I'm, I'm a little self-depreciating, so I do appreciate it. Thank you.
1: These are the opportunities to be warriors for ourselves, though. Like, instead of attacking the self, let's, like, ah, empower ourselves. We I each. As- you. Hell yeah, man. Um, so, C-, C whatever. I'm going to call you CJ and VGF interchangeably, but. It's all good.
2: Hell yeah. I'm as fuck, but I apologize. Can I curse?
1: You can absolutely curse. It's your world. Okay. We're just living in it.
2: It's I just curse a lot in like everyday conversation. I find it as a very impactful way of expressing yourself. So I should have asked. I apologize. But yeah, let's continue on.
1: Hell yeah. No need to apologize there, my friend, because I feel the same way. I think when you really want to express yourself, it's like the italics and the bold, like cursing the yes, conicento. Exactly, it's adding It's, it's the little,
2: the little cherry on top, the little uh, sprinkle of action. Just an accent, bam, yeah. a little something. So, one of the questions that I wanted to ask you at first was, do you meditate at all? Not as frequently as I would like to. I, I for maybe a year, two years ago, coming out the tail end of COVID and stuff, I was meditating practically every day. I've messed my sleep schedule up recently and have not been the best at it. When I'm groggy, it's definitely not as high on my priority list as I would like it to be. But in general, yes, I am a fan. Okay. Do you find that you're a
1: creature of habits, of schedules, of routines, or are you more of the free To a degree, but not strict. Not strict on it. Okay. G- give me an example of one
2: thing that like you'll for sure do every day my my the first thing that popped in my head is a cup of coffee but even that's not really true because on the weekends i usually don't drink coffee so work days that's just a morning ritual is i'll make a cometeer and start my day but yeah i would say for me cooking is very therapeutic and not only better than eating out all the time but my brother and i use it just as a family activity so yeah i would say home cooking is a passion and something that I will always set aside time for, no matter what's going on. I will make a comment first on the coffee. Like,
1: I actually still celebrate that. And although it's not, maybe you're not drinking them on the weekends, I will say I share that with you in that I look forward to my cup of coffee every single day. And it's specifically because I started this new, I guess, alternative called Everyday Dose. And it's just, I will go to sleep excited for that next morning. Because it just, it's literally my, an indicator. And it's funny how in life we have many of these things. It's an indicator for what's about to start, what's about to come. And I know that once I have that cup, my days, like I'm in the zone. It's time. It's time to get in there. I imagine. Yeah, I, I'm,
2: I like I had switched to coffee. I used to be a big energy drink guy and I switched to coffee as a healthier alternative. I'm big <laughs> on teas as well. I do a lot of loose leaf tea. Respect. But I switched my caffeine consumption from energy drinks to coffee, and it was primarily just as a means of caffeine ingestion, just like a vehicle to get caffeine in my face in the morning. But then I switched to Cometeer, and I did not realize how much I just enjoyed a great cup of coffee. And so that's been a more recent enjoyment, has been actually enjoying my coffee in the morning. And it all starts
1: with having a naturally good cup worth enjoying. Yep. Funny, you, funny you bring up these, like enjoying the good cup of coffee. I'd like to share with you, one of the things that I started this year was just cutting out alcohol as much as possible. And it's not so much because I have anything against alcohol. I love to have liquor, beers, everything. But I realized that there was something more important to me, and it was my health specifically my health at 95 and i keep thinking about which one do i want more do i want this beer or do i want to be the the best i've ever been it like that's more of the near term thing is feeling as healthy as i've ever been has recently been a very big goal of mine but it's funny how in, in comparison to the here that you're enjoying right i'm enjoying the inverse of that of saying oh I'm glad that I'm not going to have this because there's finally something else that I think I want a lot more. I bring this up because I'd like to know from you, what have been
2: priorities that have changed for you? Where did the tables turn a little bit? I mean, that you were just talking about drinking and partying. I, I came from the hospitality industry, VIP, entertainment, hospitality, that that realm. And that's what paid my bills. And I worked a full-time job my my whole way through college working in the entertainment and hospitality industries. And so nightlife was a big part of my day-to-day Regular, yeah and so whether it was entertaining being a host all of that kind of stuff it came hand in hand with a lot of what i was like my lifestyle at the time and you talked about moving on from drinking i've been sober for almost two years now and it's something that i was a big fan of for a time until I wasn't. Yeah, even now it's something where like, when I go to events, when I go to these parties and stuff, still able to have a great time and not have to worry about regretting it or hurting in the morning. I do think that there's a time and a place to those that consume responsibly. I am not one of those people. I've left that in my past. You say that meaning you're one of those people that
1: when I have a drink, I'm trying to
2: like, get involved kind of deal, right? yeah I mean, I've had substance abuse issues in the past, and I have an addictive personality as it is, so it's something that uh, I've learned about myself and I've chosen to move on from. so I was very grateful to be able to have a good support system to where I don't feel compelled to participate in that anymore. Did something
1: extreme have to happen in order for you to gain that clarity, or was it over the like a course internally, of like long? yes. Internally I
2: mean, thank I, I mean I've had some personal issues in the past and stuff like that but it was more internal like when I had my own wake up call and that's what made that rather extreme shift from being a very social kind of drinker and all of that to stopping drinking altogether but I would say on the professional side of things I've always been entrepreneurial I like in high school I was voted something like most, likely, most, to be and most, most business, likely to be running a multi-million dollar business. Yeah. Boom. There yeah. you go. While being the um, most handsome. And it didn't come maybe as fast as I think a lot of people saw for me, but that was their projection, not necessarily mine. I've worked from tech startups, Fortune 500 companies, helped build out training programs and all, a whole bunch of stuff like this. And it all accumulated in these different skills that are now very practical and applicable to what I'm doing. So I don't regret it because each of those facets have helped me craft where I find myself now. So it's certainly been a journey. It would have been nice to find some early success in my 20s. But here we are a couple of years into my 30s and still cranking. And doing really great at it. You said two things there that I'd like to break down.
1: The first one was was around being like the wealth, the success, whatever, having not come at an earlier age, which reminds me of myself probably five years ago now, where I'd said by 21, I will definitely be a multimillionaire. And then at that time, social media, especially like, I'm just still, I'm still in university at this point. So I'm surrounded by other folks that are also ambitious. And on my screen, I'm seeing people my age or younger, which at 21 is already fucking young as it is, like having this insane success. And I almost felt claustrophobic with all the pressure of, yo, if everybody else is doing it, I gotta, I'm wasting What's time. What's wrong with me? What's wrong with yeah. me? What's going on? What don't I have figured out? And I, uh, here I am about to go on 27 in 15 days. Can't wait. It's going to be great. All right. And I realized, and I think you and I were having this conversation at, uh, at Metaverse Miami. We were just kicking it. I had said that all of last year, I feel like last year was my biggest year ever because I was able to learn about one, one key lesson, which I think you, you probably also experienced this as well, which is maybe not so much about the direction as much as it is having clarity, clear thinking about where I'm going and or even what I'm doing in this moment right now. There was the time where you were working in the service and entertainment and hospitality industry where you got these specific set of skills that you're able to really leverage wholeheartedly now. And this was the second point that I wanted to bring up to. What do you think about this? I used to believe, and I still believe, that suffering builds character. Do you think that there was, in in the journey that you've had so far, there was suffering, but it was all necessary for you to be where you are today?
2: To a degree, I would say experience, whether it be positive or negative, can be learned from. But it's that uncomfortability that, yeah, as you framed it, suffering, that's almost very Eastern mindset. It's where it comes that, from. Yeah. That, that learning can only be gleaned through through suffering. But at the same time, like I, there's certainly some things that I wish that I wouldn't have had to go through. But I can't say that I would be the same man I am if I hadn't gone through those things. It, it's one of those, you can't take it back. Just got to learn from it. And yeah, cumulatively, I think it's put me into a place where... I am in my life now, which is comfortable and still have a lot of ambition, still driving to do bigger and better things, but that I'm like, maybe content is a good word. I'm happy with where I am and where I'm at in my life, but still driven to help more people, do more, all of that kind of stuff.
1: I also call that being grateful, being very... Uh, that's a- Very grateful that here you are where you are healthy, making good decisions for yourself, enabling yourself, knowing that you've taken all the lessons from way back from however long ago, all your lifetime and seeing it compound into the man that you've become today. And knowing that even tomorrow, here's the best fucking part that tomorrow you could be 10 times as amazing because you've compounded all of that, you know, power of gratitude. Facts, man. I've heard once that as you practice gratitude more, the universe will bring you more to be grateful
2: for. Good way to phrase that or frame it.
1: Yeah. You talked about a lot of the experiences that you've had. I'm curious to hear about a particular life lesson, like something that you could tattoo to your forehead. And if we talk, this is what you're taking
2: away from me. This life lesson. I would say you say stamped on my forehead, but I literally have it tattooed on my wrist. Hell yeah. Uh, integrity n- meaning what you say and doing what you say you're going to do that that follow through is i think where a lot of people get caught it, like ideas are cheap but being able to follow through is i think it speaks to that resilience we touched on prior and some of that the more comfortable you are you may not be willing to push through that layer of uncomfortability but there was a mentor of mine very early on that had turned the phrase, every moment is a choice and every choice has prices and benefits. And that had always stuck with me. And I think it's one of those things that, like you said, the compounding that uh, you can always do something in your life to push yourself forward. It doesn't have to be the same thing every day, but I'm a passionate learner. I've been pretty outspoken that I am not an expert in most things if anything but that I'm acutely aware of how little I know even in the things that I know a lot about and drives me just to always be looking for that new area of curiosity that new rabbit hole to jump down and that trait or that skill or you want to call it has treated me very well but it's all through the lens of kind of not not thinking so much of myself or being so naive or so bold to think that I'm an expert. Russell Burnt
1: Ber- Bernard Berntard something. I'm going to have to get the correction later, but he has a quote. And Zeneca, a good friend, Zeneca shared it recently and it was paraphrasing here. He goes, it's crazy how the ones willing to argue the most are so certain that they're right. And the ones who are wise are always so full of doubts. It's Dunning-Kruger. Yeah. So like effect, like, yeah. So I've discovered and I share this with you, which is the more that I learn about something, the more I recognize, holy well, I don't know jack shit about this. It's crazy. It's the craziest feeling. Like you, you think you're turning the page to just get a little bit deeper, and then as you hit that fifty meters, now you're like, Oh. Uh, that is it can go. They at least motherfuckers can swim. So It's so funny. People will spread themselves thin across many areas. I find myself also having done that. But now I'm getting very focused in a few things. Things that are just like calling me all the time.
2: So. uh, I have an interesting take on that if you're open to it. Hell yeah. Because people talk about specializing and like honing in on what you're good at and doing just that thing. I've come to find that for myself, I have a specialty in being a generalist. I am able to see things or connect dots in a way that not many people seem to be able to. Can I give you another or, word for
1: that? Can I, May I give you another word for that? Sure. A creative thinker. A generalist is one way of looking at it. I would argue that especially what you said about connecting the dots. That is what ideas are. That's what all great ideas are. It's a collaboration of everything that's existed prior so that we can make this new thing, even if it's derived from these two other areas.
2: I think, yeah, I do appreciate the perspective you're coming from there. I think I just like the dichotomy of specializing in being a generalist. (laughs) So yeah, the creative thinking, I do think that's a skill, but I apply it In a lot of different ways. One of my early kind of claims to any kind of notoriety in Web3 was through early education and onboarding, where I found a knack or a talent for breaking down some of the more complex or highly technical concepts and ideas into more human digestible content and a lot of those early clubhouse rooms early twitter spaces really lent itself towards helping me to build the platform that i have for myself now if i did it again i probably would have preferred to have some of that content be a little more evergreen which is it has been a large refocus of mine for 2023 because over the last two years there is a lot of content that i had made that i was unable to either reuse repurpose leverage in other ways or just don't have documentation of it or record of anymore. So yeah, it's one of those things where my curiosity takes me in a lot of different, a lot of interesting places, but being able to pull in a lot of those different areas of experience or bits and pieces of knowledge from different places, I've found that to be a particular skill set in and of itself.
1: Do you think you'd ever be a teacher?
2: Not in the traditional sense. Okay. Fair game. Not uh, traditional sense, but I find myself to be educating regardless. Good. I hope you never lose that. I hope you always do
1: that. I used to think when I was young, like a kid, it was the way I saw life. It was three big phases. It was, uh, I'll learn, I'll do, and then I'll teach. 10 years old, telling this to my fucking fifth grade teacher because I was so inspired. I was so inspired by the way they would literally pass on knowledge. That's what all of this is. So I think it's the most important work and one of the hardest things to do. And I believe it's a test of whether or not you really know your shit is explain it simply. Eli five. Yeah. Yeah. Explain it like I'm five, right? Yeah. Precisely. Yeah. So I work very hard on that. That's a skill that so few take the time to... Tune. But it was always one of the things that I admired the most about the best teachers that I've ever had. They would take my questions and, and teach it to me in a way that, oh, like, of course, now I get it. And that seeing that, I think, is a really cool moment. You mentioned my curiosity takes me to many interesting places. What is something that you've learned recently that is like just taking over your mind, has all the mind share right now? Could be anything
2: one of one of the big ones i think is decentralized identity and the importance of verifiable on-chain and off-chain credentialing so like for on-chain and off-chain data and so in relation to web3 a proofs and a lot of this kind of stuff in the ability to scale ethereum and the kind of optionality or capability that that unlocks and I think that in relation to identity it's a really interesting uh, form of expression because in traditional web 2 I think a lot of people leaned into the social media era and either presented only the a certain face of themselves or only the 0.01% of their lives that was the most clean the most polished the most pretty the highlight reel yeah the highlight reel And especially in web three, there's such a importance put on anonymity as a choice or pseudo anonymity. More power to you. I
1: still can't pronounce that shit.
2: Yeah. And the ability to express yourself as you'd like to. And so that's where I see different, the ability to mold or choose how you present yourself or through what lens and the zero knowledge proofs, a really interesting way of validating someone's whether it be a credential experience they're over this age so they can get into the bar without telling them how old they are or I have this much I have enough money in my wallet without telling you how much money I have some of these kinds of examples where it's taken me just down really interesting rabbit holes of capability or potential applications of the blockchain and then outside of web3 one of the more interesting ones lately has been that really passionate audiophile, really high-end music and equipment for reproducing high-fidelity audio. And I'm in process of building a DIY source-to-speaker audio chain with my father, and that's my non-Web 3.0 hobby of choice.
1: Can you explain that real quick? We can also go into zero knowledge proofs, just at at least for the audience that maybe let it go over their head. But at least in this sense, what is that source to that you just expressed?
2: Source to speaker. So What does this mean? Basically, all of the components in an electronic chain. So when you think either a turntable or a player, like for this example, a CD player, the DAC, the digital to audio converter, the preamp, the amp, and then the speaker. So it's got audio chain. I see what you're saying. And so I'm in process of designing a DIY audio chain, not just like an individual component, but a set of these components to build with my dad. So it's a fun passion project for me. I love that.
1: And earlier, you also mentioned about cooking. I would love to hear a little bit more about it. specifically that you bond, that you use it as a bonding time. I believe things like that are also really good. So with your pops, you got... The audio chain DIY that seems like a really fun project with your brother. Are you the older, younger? I'm the older brother. So with your younger brother getting the cooking flows on, that's also a good time. Is there a family in your immediate area? Nuclear family, yes. Nuclear family, hell yeah, good deal, good deal. I damn it, man, give me one second to think back. There's, oh, a zero knowledge proofs. So that's what I also wanted to touch about. Basically, as the name implies, I can know nothing about you, and you could prove that you have passed the criteria. Would you say this is a good, simple explanation of that? Distilled down, that's not a bad way to frame it. There you go. Yeah, I think there's a lot of really interesting uh, applications here, especially in the pseudo-anonymity crowd where, and I really like how the folks over at, a, at Disco express it, like your data backpack or your, the specifically like a disco ball, every single emblem of it or whatever you could say is a different part of you that you show that you get to choose how to show i think that's really cool i would love to to do some work with them i got to meet ldf so maybe one day i'd love to meet miss erin as well she seems like a fucking badass
2: yeah i haven't met her yet but ldf is a very good friend and yeah they actually ldf is help, who helped spur my curiosity down that rabbit hole so it was funny because we met through nfts And it was really, while NFTs are cool, it's just one layer of what Web3 is. Like, there are so many other applications. NFTs are a very large focus right now, I think, for a lot of people because of the financial layer. Yep. But I'm looking to where there's a lot of, not unexplored, but maybe undervalued, opportunities in a lot of other areas of blockchain that are particularly interesting.
1: I'm going to have to throw in a plug for my employer. literally just wrote a whole ass thread about identity and what it means to own your social accounts and be able to leverage, I shouldn't say leverage, but really travel with your community, be boundless in that sense, go from platform to platform with your people. And again, like I have a ton of admiration for what the folks over at Disco do. And if a Disco X name tag thing could ever be a thing, (laughs) how at your boy. For real. Ah, man.
2: CJ, what's something you're like really struggling with right now? I'll say time management. I've gotten better with it, but not great. For pretty much the first year that I was in Web3, it was all day, every day, Web3, everything. Like, I was so... Something that I don't talk about a lot, but I'm not shy of, is I didn't buy my first crypto until January 1st, 2021. Hell yeah. Which for a lot of the people of similar generation of getting into NFTs, there were a lot of people that ordered me for some level of OG or something of that nature when I really hadn't been around that long. It was just that I put my head down and played catch up slash get ahead for like 14 to 16 hours a day, every day, for a very long time. And granted, I'm very kind of tech savvy. I have a lot of other relatable knowledge and things like that. And I had passively been observing crypto for a long time, but I didn't have that hands-on knowledge. And it like Web3 really was the culmination and intersection of so many of these areas of passion and interest that I had, whether it was like prior work experience, skill sets, my my love for and experience in gaming. I saw where all of these different pieces fit together all within this new and exciting thing. And so that's where I was able to take a step back and see that this was an opportunity for me to really dive into the deep end and take a gamble on myself to put myself disproportionately ahead of where I saw this kind of trend going. And then
1: in relation to time management, this was as a result, because you were spending those 14 to 16 hour days, would you say that's become habitual? That's something you're Trying to break out. Yes. So
2: so drawing it back, trying to find some semblance of balance, it did take over my life in the greatest of ways, but also at the sacrifice of other areas of my life. And recognizing now that I do desire to have, whether I think cooking is one area where I drew a hard line, like that is something that I will always make time for, like my brother and I to make a meal. But more recently, I've gotten better about. Drawing boundaries around when is or isn't work hours. We're still a global team, so it's hard to hold those boundaries all the time. But I feel that being able to know when it's time to hop off of spaces or put the phone and the computer away and spend some time with family or play a board game. My brother and I have this massive Lego set that we're gonna start putting together. Um,
1: Yo, shout out to the Legos though. I don't know if you could I don't know
2: if you could see right here. I can't see what's behind you, but yeah,
1: No, nah, like that. It's a it's a bonsai tree, a Lego bonsai. Oh, nice! Yeah, 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 shout out to Legos, bro, bro. Do that, do that with some just super chill. I did it with specifically Zen music, like Zen garden music, and it was the most. I felt like this, <laughs> just floating. It was amazing. It was amazing. Like you highly
2: recommend. Just like yeah. Super so chill I have music. two two of the largest Lego sets ever made. I think it's two of the top five largest from the factory Lego sets ever made. I think they're almost 5,000 and almost 8,000 pieces a piece. They're sizable. (laughs) hefty. Yeah. And those would be a lot of fun, but it's a long project. So it requires some planning and where we're going to store it when it's done. Because when Mm -hmm. it's getting put together, it's staying together. Displaying it maybe is better, right? Than storing. Because you want to show off your work. Oh, yeah. But so those are some kind of things now where I'm reeling it back in and finding some of those outside passions, hobbies, interests to where I don't feel so compelled or almost ha- like habitually, whether it be checking my phone, checking Twitter, always on, and always plugged in. It's very
1: difficult to master the art of balance. I share that with you in working. I
2: know that that's a thing that I find myself pendulum swinging. Um, In terms of some days I have more balance, some days I don't. Or just going from one extreme to the other, but trying to be more balanced. I think it's the pursuit of aspiring towards that place. I don't think finding a perfect state of balance is something that I may be capable of.
1: I would say that what you said first is true, that the pursuit of it is... That, see, that's but that's precisely how one has balance because you're constantly pursuing it. And it's there will be moments of your life in which you are absolutely not, like where everything's in disarray and pandemonium is striking left and right. And you have to do your shit. You got to keep your shit together because you're not trying to let things go down on fire. And similarly, or inversely, there will be moments in which you can just put your hands off and let it fly on its own on autopilot. And to your point, it's the pursuit of that of knowing. All right, I can take a general look around and I'm going to just go grab a copy real quick. Peace. Do it like that. It's giving yourself permission to just say it's cool. And if it's not cool, if shit does go bad, you'll fix it. And that's it.
2: You know? Yeah, I've gotten to a place where shit really hits the fan. People know how to get a hold of me, but short of everything burning to the ground, if it's not an emergency, just reevaluating priorities and things like that, which I think is a more healthy perspective to come from than the way I was approaching it for a while.
1: Tell me about your priorities right now. What would you say are the biggest three things you really give a shit about more than anything?
2: I've been spending a lot of time with family, lately so whether that's relationship with my brother with my parents i do not have a significant other at the moment so that's been an interest but not not a priority as I, I haven't been actively dating much as of late but i would say that my professional pursuits work and exploring things in the web3 nft space and probably just my home life being comfortable in my space my brother and i own our own home the really So huge, huge. We're in the process of doing a little bit of home remodeling, working on the backyard, some around the house kind of projects that are just extremely satisfying and fulfilling that and really looking forward to traveling again. Because pretty much since I've gotten into Web3, I've been quite a bit of a homebody and Being that I do work remotely, it's something that I haven't really taken much advantage of yet. And that's supported myself and been able to put a good bit of money away in some of these other things. But that is an area that I'm particularly interested in taking advantage of this year is doing more travel while working. So not necessarily taking time away and going on vacation per se, but just leveraging the fact that I am working remotely and can tune in from anywhere. It's a gift. It's a
1: gift to be able to do that. Even in my corporate career, I was pretty much working remote all the time. And I would be at NFT NYC even though I'm based out of Florida. But I'm just doing my work stuff in the morning and then if I didn't have any meetings in the middle of the day, fuck it. I'm out. I'm going to just do what I can. If I have to dip to, for another meeting, I'll hop on it. I'll come back. But that's all that corporate is. It's just a whole bunch of meetings where people talk. You don't really do much.
2: <laughs> I I had experience at a Fortune 100 company, I'm, I'm well aware. There you go. It's part of the bloodline. It's like- There's just some of that red tape that didn't particularly resonate with me. I was the youngest hire at a particular company, at least in the Southwest United States at one time. I was the only person in an entire division without a degree working in this niche of a niche. It was, what was it? I won't say the company's name okay, out of respect, no but I was working in the e-commerce startup side of things. And so under the marketing division, there was a subdivision where we were scaling out their online e-com kind of strategy. And so it was this small kind of scrappy startup kind of vibe underneath this huge corporation. And we were a whole time award-winning team and all this stuff. We were just outperforming every metric they put in front of us. And I was told by one of my superiors at one time that essentially I would be incapable of passing up this seniority order that was going on within the company. And that just really rocked me the wrong way. Like, that seniority was such a huge part of that culture in particular at least in in the part of the company that I was in that I that as this successful employee doing award winning awards and crushing every all of these metrics and all this stuff that I couldn't see the benefit of having put that work in and been successful at it and that's really what drove me to really buckle down go finish my degree in school which in retrospect neither here nor there, but I, I don't use parts of my degree in a lot, of, a lot of my day-to-day, but there are certain facets of communications and marketing that I learned in school that are still very applicable. It's funny because like I'm in marketing today, but it looks very different than what I learned about in school. So there's a lot more of that kind of practical on-the-job experience and stuff that you really can't put a price on.
1: And I would say it's inter- it could be interchangeable in any domain as well. Is
2: that on that job, on the job? Yeah, I'm a proponent of unless you're going to school for something highly technical or going to be a doctor or something like that, a lawyer, there are probably a lot of people that are better off going to a trade school or learning their craft online. There's a lot of industries now that are more application and skill based than what's on your resume or what piece of paper from what school do you have. So yeah, while I think school is important for certain things, we have such a, an availability and access at such a scale now that until very recently, like in the last decade, call it, was never available or that I don't see as much of this benefit to just going to school to get a piece of paper just so that you have it.
1: I could tell you with confidence that I wholeheartedly agree. I made a video about two years ago on why you shouldn't or should go to school. And it was precisely that. With those highly technical things where there's like special, funny how we're going back to specializations, but I think the medical industry is a very great example because it's just, you're we're learning so much more. There's so much more to learn. Tech is probably also another really good example of that. But. Even in tech industries specifically, just as what you had said earlier, you have big companies like Google that are saying, all right, I could hire this person with a degree and this piece of paper says that they might be capable of doing this thing, or I could pay this person for a three-month training program, certify that they know that thing for a fact, and then bring them into the company to do the job that I need. And I feel like a lot of tech company is doing that.
2: Uh, Well, there's some areas of tech now that are just accelerating so fast. That unless they have, I mean, if you look even in the last year or two, solidity was not something that you would go to school for. Absolutely not. But it was such a niche skill set that if you had competency in that specific niche, you were like one of the most desirable positions and talents in all of Web3.
1: I saw people on LinkedIn posting jobs for 400K and up. As a Solidity developer and they weren't even asking for all that much experience. And the funniest part is if you had any background in C Sharp or Java, any object oriented programming language, you could probably pick up solid I picked up Solidity pretty quickly just because of that. By no means funny, earlier you said like you're not there are parts of your degree that you're using today. I graduated as a software engineer and I'm not doing any engineering work whatsoever today. I'm doing something totally outside of the ballpark of what my degree means but it still gave me the opportunity to to be around and do what i do now i feel like everything happens for a reason i wanted to go back to what you were mentioning about the company this was sounding like bureaucracy and the red tape that you dealt with and how they seemingly kept you they were like nah chill son you ain't going no way i'll share with you a story when i was in big tech I was learning very quickly about a whole bunch of different software solutions. So I would learn about data and AI. I was learning about integration solutions. I was learning about supply chain, just pretty much anything, mainframes, anything where you could think about where tech would apply. I was spending like probably a month to two months in each area. So getting, again, more breadth than depth. Um, I ended up going a lot deeper in integration and focusing on like API management, governance, things of that sort. But... To your point, I was very good at, I can see where things connect. I can see where if, this, if a client has this kind of problem, I can see why this solution would fix and then why if they couple it with this, it would also help them achieve X. So I was picking up very quickly. We're, after we were going through this rotation, it was basically a year training program. It was phenomenal. It was like one of the, for sure set me up for great success. I'm very grateful for it. And uh, at the end of it, the general manager, of, I worked for IBM, and the general manager of IBM Global, bro, is fucking CEO, the C-suite, GM, like, up there, and the motherfucker is, at the end of it, he goes, if you guys ever have any ideas, and you, he was British, so that's, what, that's why I'm doing this, by the way, but if you guys ever have any ideas, you're more than welcome to knock on my door. Bro, I go off mute half a second later, and I was like, if I could show you why IBM is very well positioned to win. In gaming and esports, would you take a meeting with me? And he gave me the meeting. And, uh, bro, it went amazing. Uh, So I'm over here, like, on Euphoria on 100. And then the corporate thing happened. It was, that's cool, but I want you to show it to this guy. And then it was, that's cool, but I want you to show it to this guy. Really like that. But first, you should show it to this guy. Before you know it, bro, I got pinballed all the way down to a still a very notable individual who was a director of media and entertainment, which I guess in, in hindsight, in retrospect, I would say that maybe he could have had a more hands-on approach. But it's not like he had the same capacity to move the lever the way this motherfucker did. And I nothing against any of those individuals. I still learned something from each of them, but I experienced a very similar situation where
2: I just felt like kind of insulted, but damn, dude, like I really, you you could just see the opportunity where it could have been managed differently.
1: Yeah. And even more than that was plus I, I like, I'm really passionate about this and there's no number in the world that you could imagine that you could pay me to give about something, give a shit about something that I don't care about, but I would do this for free. So, you can pay me whatever you want to focus over there, which is inevitably maybe like a year later what ended up happening because I was working in gaming and esports and talking to all these like cool ass fucking people. And then a year later, there was a reorg and Christian, that's cool gaming and esports guy. Well done. But we're going to send you over to state governments and uh, universities. Good luck. Very quickly realized that was not for me and threw up the deuces. But again, it's like everything, everything lines up for a reason. And I find that many of my, many of the things that I learned in engineering, I'm now applying in in different ways. For example, I've always wanted to be a game engineer and build a fucking game. Just build a fucking game for the hell of it. I don't think I'm going to do anything like super, super crazy, but oh, actually, speaking of something super, super crazy, I am going to show you one thing and we're going to watch it together. And uh, I think you're, I think you're really going to appreciate it. All right. So it's a, uh, it's the game I'm most excited for this year. And I think I told you plenty about Jetset Radio Future and why yep. it's my favorite thing in the world. We were talking about that earlier. So Her, I don't know. That if was in Miami. That was in Miami. But did I show you any? I wonder if I showed you these videos. I don't think that I did, and I'm about to show you right now. I share it with pretty much anyone that I think would appreciate it. So here we go. <laughs>
0: Okay so, for all you writers out there coming up, spread across the five boroughs, this one's for you. There's a new kid around, and he is in your business. Word says he's lost his head, he might be coming for yours next. I heard he's going for the crowns. The crown. All city king. The streets just got a whole lot more interesting. I might even go check him out myself. Now, I don't think he'll be alone for long. He'll gather up a bunch of like-minded fools in no time. That's if the military police don't take him out first this is war in style let the record spin
1: I'm telling you right now there is not a single game maybe the Harry Potter game as well I just I haven't seen the gameplay but I've seen like a just a, a quick graphic the cinematic of it. trailers yeah so that is also looking really good but nothing is exciting me more than this fucking video game man it's, gonna it's be great. got the
2: retro retro vibes written all over it
1: yeah they use the exact same art style that cell shaded art style from I, I don't know if that originated from from Sega but who it was that made that originally but I love that, and just seeing it revamped for 2023, I think it's going to be so sick. You see this little switch right here? That's where I'm playing it. Nice. Right there, bam. Hell yeah, it's going to be great. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to gather your attention again. If you've been listening so far, you've probably been catching it all on the audio format, but remember, we do have this as a YouTube video as well. If you want to see what I was showing VGF, you're going to have to head over to YouTube And check that out. CJ, so we've reached the part of the show where I throw the mic into the hands of my guest. And it's in this moment that you can give a plug, a shout out, a piece of advice, some love, whatever you want to anyone in the
2: world. The floor is all yours. Yeah. What I got going on is Pixel Vault 3v3 Brawler is coming up, which I'm particularly excited about. The underlying protocol that we've been incubating for that kind of game to be the flagship of should have its light paper dropping somewhere in the two like in February. So gonna be talking about that quite a bit more, which I'm like when people ask me what I'm most excited about with work right now, it is that. And then yeah, I've been tapping in with a lot of friends, been a lot more active in spaces and on the podcasts as of late. Thank you, Quez, for having me and i'm sure you guys will be able to see me around quite a bit more this year.
1: CJ man, i cannot thank you enough for making it out and also for being patient with me as i continue to troubleshoot my experience here. I promise you It owed to you. Nah, it's it's nothing. It's i believe that what the only thing i'm missing to take this to like the next level is to really have a it doesn't even have to be a proper studio. I'm trying to be on that Oprah Winfrey vibes of like just on a couch with the homies and that's it. Cause I feel like that's a great way to connect with people. We connect well because I can see your face. You can see my face It's beautiful, but ain't nothing like being around your people and sharing the good energy. So that's coming soon. And I hope you'll be back for another show. It's going to be a great time. Ladies and gentlemen, with that being said, I want to remind you again, anywhere that you see snippets, clips, Whatever that has to do with this show, you should retweet it. You should like it. You should reply to it. Be sure to be following us on Twitter. You can catch this main account at QuestXYZ. That's Q-U-E-Z-T-X-Y-Z. And of course, visit the website and you'll catch all the latest and greatest there as well. Just started the newsletter. If you're trying to get some insight on mindfulness, clarity, and uh, creativity, It's a great thing to check out. Totally free. Not trying to take any money from you, but I will take money from you if you're going to buy our NFT. Yes, that's right. We do have the season one OG inspired by Mr. Kevin Kelly in search of our 1,000 true fans. Be sure to check that out. Thanks to Manifold, who's making everything super, super easy, even for people that don't have the crazy solidity development experience. CJ, amazing time. Thank you so much for being here. We'll be sure to drop all your socials down in the description below. Again, if you're watching this on YouTube, that's the video description. If you're listening on audio formats, be sure to catch it in the podcast notes. Highly encourage you to connect with VGF. He's a real one. He's incredibly kind. And although many call him an OG, he is a fucking OG. Definitely is. And that's because he keeps it real. And that's something that's down to his core. And that's what it means to be an OG to be real to the core. So that's my motherfucking dog. Again, thank you so much for coming out. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been The Steady Compass. We'll see you on the next one. Peace.